Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. All right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. We're grateful that you're here with us. It's a chilly. It's up to 35 degrees now. This weather in the last 24 hours has been bonkers. Uh, but hopefully you are enjoying the afternoon, maybe wrapping it up from lunch. We're glad that you're here spending some time with us. We just got done speaking in the one o'clock hour with Sarah Gable Seifert and her her um, business is called Every Life. Brad, when you were listening to Sarah talk about, I mean, it's a really, really smart move mm-hmm. to take an industry that relies on babies' bottoms and invest in the existence of those bottoms. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever she said that, and th- I had found this whenever I was doing a little research on her and stuff like that. She said that she found that major diaper companies were donating to pro-abortion causes. And I'm thinking to myself, how does that help major diaper companies? I don't understand why if you are, if your goal as a business is to basically diaper the bottoms of babies, your main clientele is parents of children. Why would you be donating to causes that make less children? 
that doesn't make any sense to me. And then I saw that they introduced that new campaign, the Make More Babies campaign. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like up on Times Square and stuff like that. And I was like, this is brilliant. That gives you a great opportunity to go, those people don't want you to have kids, but we do. And we've got as good a product as they do. So buy ours. We like your kids. Yeah. I, I'm I'm grateful every time I see these individuals say, there's a need here and I'm going to meet that need. Because that's not that's not how this usually goes. We mm-hmm. spend a lot of time complaining and whining and moaning and saying, we need the Republicans to end up winning here. And then we wait and then maybe they do. But you're not going to solve the problem if right. the Republicans, they're going to fight about it in Washington, D.C. You're going to get what you want, but it's going to come with a huge bucket of stuff you don't want. Yeah. Uh, this brings up a quote, and uh, it's, be the change you want to see in the world. And that, I remember that quote because that was in the trivia night. Was it Gandhi? It was Gandhi, yeah. Yeah, I remember but, the person who said it because but it's of the trivia night. so super intelligent and, and so true. Like, you can't change the world and, and want the world to change and then sit back and just wait for everybody else to do anything. That's no good. That's not helpful. And, and you essentially are part of the problem. What they've done over there at Every Life is they said, hey, here's a problem. Let us go and solve this problem. Let us be part of the solution. Maybe you don't like our ideas, but at least, hey, we're coming up with something. And they have great ideas. And I also liked that you can donate diapers to mothers who are expecting that are in crisis pregnancies. That, to me, is the number one thing that conservatives can do is to stand alongside these mothers who are in crisis pregnancies, these parents who are in crisis pregnancies. They didn't expect this. They don't believe that they're ready for this. They don't know how they're going to do it. For you to come alongside them and say, hey, don't worry. We got you. This is going to be all right. Everything's going to be great. We will take care of you. That, to me, is about the most effective pro-life message that you can give. Yeah, I, I'm. I was happy to do it. I went on and I did buy a pair, a box of diapers for Molly, um, and then I added in uh, a one for where they say they sh- send it to wherever the greatest need is. So it's not like you're s- specifying. I want it to go to this shelter, but the truth is, is that you can yourself take up if if you've got a real heart for this issue, you can take up the mantle and say. Uh, maybe you throw a diaper party for one of your local shelters that is actually helping these women choose life. We have to stop looking at government as the solution to our problems because we're conservatives and we're pro-life. And if you wait on government to solve the problem, they will break 10 things in the process of trying to fix one. And the fix that they implement will be not even half as good as what you could do yourself. The website is everylife.com. And if you want to hear the interview uh, there with Sarah Gable Seifert, who created this brand of diapers where when you purchase it, it supports pro-life as opposed to the rest of the diaper companies, which I did not know that they were all donating there to um, to 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 abortion causes. That just is this doesn't make it doesn't make a bunch of sense. All right. I want to shift gears here and I want to get to our next guest on the air here. Joy Murdoch is joining us. He's a nationally syndicated columnist, a member of Project 21 and a Fox News contributor. Joy, welcome back. It's good to have you here. Oh, great. Great talk to you. You know, I there's big news today. I don't know if you want to come in on Mitch McConnell announcing that he's stepping down from leadership uh, as of November. My theory on our news last week that Ronnie McDaniel was stepping down and that the, the news today that Mitch McConnell is stepping down as of November. In my mind, maybe maybe it's willful. I feel like there's this understanding that if Donald Trump is going to win in November and that he very well could if it shapes up the way the polls are saying right now, we have to be a unified front because what the Democrats have been willing to do to Donald Trump, especially in this election season, it looks like there's no line they won't cross. 
I think it's true, and uh, I welcome the news that Mitch McConnell is going to be stepping down as uh, GOP leader. I wish he'd do it today rather than November. I mean, maybe uh, I'll give him until Friday, maybe wrap it up the Friday, have a new leader next Monday. Uh, look, McConnell gets a lot of credit for something he's done very well, which is to uh, shepherd through a huge number of people under Donald J. Trump and I guess under Bush as well uh, on the federal court system from the Supreme Court all the way down to district courts. And that's great. So, you know, huge kudos for that. Apart from that, though, I think he's been a disaster as GOP leader. And one really dramatic example I'll give you is you may recall uh, two Christmases ago, he and uh, Chuck Schumer put together this roughly 5,000 page omnibus, massive, massive spending deal. And essentially what it did is is, uh, spend money all the way through October 1 of last year. Had he waited just 11 days and said, look, we'll do a continuing resolution. We'll roll the spending forward through like January of, uh, of uh, 20, uh, 2023. Uh, what would happen is that uh, Kevin McCarthy and the GOP House would have had the opportunity to write their own budget uh, to put all sorts of policy regarding the border, regarding crime, regarding all sorts of other things uh, into that spending bill and actually reduce spending uh, and, and do what the American people did when they, they gave the GOP, uh, the House back to the Republican Party. Instead, what uh, Schumer, what, uh, Schumer and, and McConnell did was basically tie together the hands of the Republicans and deny the new GOP House the power of the purse uh, from January all the way through October for 10 months. Yeah. Uh, this is complete uh, uh, perfidy. I mean, this is treacherous. This is sabotage, frankly. And this is the kind of thing Mitch McConnell did over and over and over again. And I think he saw himself as sort of there to you know, make life easy for the Democrat leader rather than uh, you know, provide, be the loyal opposition and, and provide an alternative to the uh, spending and intervention and everything else on the part of the Democrats. So I'm thrilled to see him go. I just wish he'd leave, uh, you know, like I say, give him until Friday and uh, have a new leader starting Monday. I'm, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm a reasonable, reasonable man about this kind of thing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Jory Murdoch with us right now. Uh, the stakes are high. And, and I, w- I started the show today by basically saying that the Republican Party is more united by what we aren't at this point than by what we are, because the Democrats, you got to be able to look at the left and see what the influential side of the Democrat Party is and what they're willing to do both politically, like watching Rashida Tlaib in Michigan try to push that that wing of the Democrat Party to make it a bigger part of the Democratic Party. We've got to be able to relate to one another in the common sense to conservative side and say, this is what we aren't. Because when I look at people like Letitia James, every time she tweets, I want to break the device that I'm reading the tweet on where she lists out the (laughs) amount of money and it's going to cost me money in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. It's outrageous to look at the arrogance and the elitist uh, nature that she, Fonnie Willis, Judge Engeron, you've got an article about this and I want to give you a chance to talk about it, but Mm -hmm. this, we have to have a very clear A and B choice, and we mm-hmm. can't we can't be waffling about it at all. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and look, uh, the stakes couldn't be any higher now. Uh, you know, it used to be we had a Democrat Party that just wanted to raise taxes some and take the money and you know, help out the poor. And we're so far beyond that. You know, these people, again, have ripped the border wide open. Crime is rampant. Uh, this uh, a monster who uh, killed this uh, poor young lady, uh, Lake and Riley, down in uh, Augusta, Georgia, uh, he was uh, led through the border by Joe Biden. He was caught here in New York. They let him go and set him free. And what does he end up doing? He ends up going down to Georgia and killing this uh, 22-year-old uh, nursing student while she was out, out for a jog. You know, totally innocent. Uh, she didn't deserve that. And uh, this is the result of the kind of policies we see out of the, the modern Democrat Party, which is an out-of-control, culturally Marxist party. And a big part of that, as I explained in this article in the Daily Signal, 
is uh, they're not just willing to run against uh, Donald J. Trump and say, look, here's here are his views, here's our agenda, here's why our ideas are better than his ideas. If they want to do that, terrific. But the the, F, the effort now is what they call lawfare, which is to defeat Trump by uh, uh, taking him to court and uh, filing specious charges against him, tie him up in courtrooms, uh, chew up his uh, finances with uh, legal costs. And then get this, uh, I think, very uh, uh, shady and dodgy decision against him. You know, three hundred and fifty-five million dollars he's supposed to uh, supposed to hand over. And Letitia James's attitude is, well, if we don't have the money by you know the the end of the month, we're just going to start seizing your office building. She said, I, I look at Forty Wall Street every day, which is one of the Trump buildings down in the financial district, and she's just coveting that thing. And her deal is basically just uh, you know get Trump at all costs, no matter what, uh, and you know, the justice to be damned. And, uh, you know, that's not the way this country is supposed to operate. We're speaking with Dory Murdoch. He's a nationally syndicated columnist. This latest piece in the Daily Signal we'll encourage you to check out his work there. Also a uh, Fox News contributor. I, I wonder what your thoughts and advice are for people who have previously been um, repulsed is too strong of a word. If you're repulsed by Donald Trump, I don't know if you're if if we're going to get you over to the check in the R box in November side. But there are a lot of people who are identifying what the Democratic Party is willing to do today, especially through this lawfare. And they're like, this isn't fair. What mm-hmm. what do we do as as principled policy based conservatives to attract those people who know that what we're doing right now is un-American and it is unfair. How do we get those people to pay attention to our message? Uh, that's a very good question. I tell you what makes it tough is having so many different cases against Trump competing at the same time. I guess you've got, what is it, four criminal cases, several civil cases, and you know even those of us who do this for a living find it you know very hard to track one cases versus the other, yes. which judges pass side to which case, which prosecutors are one, and back and forth, and back and forth. So you know, just maybe just trying to help people shepherd them through this you know confusion would be helpful. But you know, I'd stress the point uh, that this is uh, so much of this stuff is so clearly. Uh, being done as uh, you know, partisan uh, par- politics masquerading as the justice system. Uh, you know, this, uh, uh, for example, in this uh, case in New York, this law that's being used against Trump in the civil fraud case. Uh, the Associated Press did a, a, a survey or a study. They looked at I think 150 or so instances in which this law from 1956 was used. They couldn't find one other instance in which a major company uh, was being uh, persecuted without actually defrauding people, taking their money, uh, giving them uh, low-quality products or no products at all. Um, usually this is kind of, this law has been thrown against people who are engaged in, you know, kinds of uh, scams and, you know, con, art, con artistry and that sort of thing. And they've, they've never, apparently, according to the Associated Press, which is not exactly a right-wing source, no other case until this Trump case where a major company has been uh, treated like this and in one in which you've got uh, Trump's bank saying, look, we got paid off. He paid with interest, he didn't default. He paid in some cases ahead of schedule. So, you know, where's the fraud? Where's where's the ripoff? It hasn't happened, and yet they're still taking this law, twisting it, uh, and distorting it to uh, persecute him, and, and again get Trump, not not seek any kind of justice in any particular uh, case against any actual criminality. Just get Trump for get Trump's sake, which is what you've seen. Now, if you're a campaign volunteer and you want to get Trump, great. But if you're yeah. the uh, a judge and certainly if you're a prosecutor, you ought to be trying to do something called obey the law. And that's really not, doesn't seem to be what's, uh, what's on offer right now. Do you think Donald Trump has what it takes to move from now through November without inflaming some of those people who might be considering the alternative to the left and the Democrat voting blue? Do you think he has what it takes to bring people in? 
I think he does as long as he can stay calm. You know, I think uh, Trump has a little bit of an impulse problem, as, as I think even his uh, biggest uh, fans and supporters would say. Um, so I think, you know, if he can learn to count to 10, to take a few, take three deep breaths before he says certain things, that would serve him very well. Um, I think when he ran in 2016, he had definitely had this problem. But uh, Kellyanne uh, Conway came in um, along with uh, Dave Bossy and uh, and uh, Steve Bannon. Those three came in right after the campaign. And all of a sudden, he seemed to calm down. He put the Twitter machine down. He gave very serious policy speeches. And a lot of people who might have thought, this guy's out of control, thought, you know, this guy's really serious. And he's, he's talking about, you know, major policy changes and, you know, giving talks to think tanks and this kind of stuff. And I think people took him a lot more seriously when that happened. So I think if, uh, you know, we can bring in a, a, a Trump whisperer, if you will, to uh, keep him totally focused and keep his eyes on the prize, that would... Uh, bode well for his prospects in November. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I encourage people to read your piece about the um, the crazy lawfare taking place against Donald Trump uh, in The Daily Signal. And we always appreciate you, Dory, for coming on with us. Good to have you back. All right, Annie. Great to talk to you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dory Murdoch, nationally syndicated columnist, as I said in The Daily Signal this week, a member of Project 21 and Fox News contributor. Let's take a quick break. Joe Biden was just giving a speech. Um, they're talking about, what was it, like safety in general? And yep. I don't know what what's your guesstimate on how long that speech is. I think I if I had to guess, I'm gonna say six minutes. Six minutes? Yeah. We're gonna play Biden Bingo when we come back. So if you haven't, I don't know if there's any cards left, but we put the Biden Bingo. There are 30 cards available. I think I'm gonna invest in some more because I was just thinking, we have to play Biden Bingo during the State of the Union, don't we? We have to. So maybe I'll get some more cards than 30. Join us on the Annie Fry YouTube channel. We'll see what the president had to say when we come back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Maine, I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. Because the impact of federal immigration policy on localities has been under such consistent discussion in recent months, I do want to say a few words about this. It's my 18th year as a local government policymaker. 
and my work has overlapped with four U.S. presidencies and numerous iterations of Congress. All of them have failed to reach agreement on how to handle immigration. Well, that is the mayor of Athens, Georgia. Um, the, the crime that is crime stories that are coming to the surface right now that involve people who are here illegally. It's almost like with every one that is told, there are two more that come out and say, yeah, that happened here, too. And that happened here, too. And it's it's not what they don't want us to do is to say that immigrants are murderers. Okay, I concede that, of course, if just because you come here doesn't mean that you have um, that that you are a violent criminal doesn't mean that at all. But it does matter when the murderer is an illegal immigrant. And anytime we see that with consistency and we understand that the the ability for that crime to happen is because we permitted a crime of crossing the border and taking advantage of um, a situation where we are not policing our border and we're taking border patrol. I've seen it with my own eyes, people. So don't come here and correct me. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've talked to these people. I've been there. We are not policing our border. What the Democrats and what Joe Biden specifically have tried to do with our crisis at our southern border is funnel money and people to the southern border to get them in cleaner and to get them in faster, not to stop them from entering the country. That's the solution that the Biden administration has proposed, and it is going to continue to wreak havoc on our country. President Biden is speaking at the what's this this called? Do you have it back up there? He's speaking at the White House and he is there to talk about crime and safety. And we're going to listen into it and we're going to play Biden bingo here. So let's listen in and see what the president had to say. Get it up. Hey, you and your fellow officers put on that shield, walk out the door and your families worry about receiving that phone call. But uh, thank you for your service, and I mean this sincerely, your sacrifice. And sacrifice of that of your families, not just you, your families as well. And thanks to the law enforcement and community leaders here today who have helped bring down violent crime rates in their cities to historic lows. That's right, we're, uh, we're about to talk about what's going to happen now. You know, uh, you just heard from the chief, and the salute these cities are making historic progress here. Last year, the United States had one of the lowest rates of all violent crime of all violent crimes in more than 50 years. Murder, rape, murder, rape, aggravated assault, robbery all dropped sharply, along with burglary, property crime and theft. And it matters as president, public safety, public safety and crime reduction is a top priority for my administration and for me. And it has been for a long time back when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. You know, uh, since day one, my administration has been working with law enforcement, mayors, and community leaders to do what we know works to keep people and communities safe. As was referenced, during the pandemic, states and cities saw violent crime rising, and their budgets were strained as they faced deep cuts in law enforcement and public safety. But we stepped up, thanks to my American Rescue Plan, which I might note not a single person on the other team voted for, uh, we provided $350 billion, $350 billion. 
that was available to deal with these issues. You know, and uh, the fact is that uh, we find ourselves we could use it to, this money to keep law enforcement on the beat, communities safe from violence. We invested $15 billion, $15 billion to make their communities safer. And we added billions more in grants to help. The Justice Department invested in law enforcement and community violence interruption programs. Because the American Rescue Plan, we have the largest federal investment in fighting crime and preventing violent crime at any time in our history. And that's a big deal. You know, we're, we know being in law enforcement is harder than ever. But uh, and we expect you to be everything to everybody. That's why we've invested in more crisis responders who work alongside police officers, as the Chief said, mental health and social workers who respond to nonviolent crimes as well. More investment in recruiting, retaining, and training officers. More investments in violent prevention to get guns off the street. And on top of that, we're hiring more U.S. attorneys, recruiting more U.S. marshals, and investing more in technology and training to clear the court backlog, solve murders, and deal with apprehending violent fugitives. And we're also working hard to ensure bonds of trust between officers and the people you all serve. My budget calls for more officers in the street, trained in community policing, walking the beat, working hard hand-in-hand -hand with community leaders and partners and public to gain public trust and advance public safety. The chiefs in this room know that when their communities trust the police, we can solve a hell of a lot more crimes a hell of a lot faster. That's why I signed the historic executive order to advance executive and accountable community policing. And uh, it's very effective so far. You know, and I'm going to continue to call on Congress to pass the George Floyd Policing and Justice, the Justice and Policing Act, so we can make police reform the law of the land. We also made historic investments in proven strategies to interrupt and prevent crime and violence in the first place. These programs use trusted messengers, including people people who are in the neighborhood, people who have, have been incarcerated and released now, people who have been through it, people who know what they're talking about. And we have a track record of reducing violent crime as a consequence of that by 30 to 60 percent where those programs exist. And finally, my plan goes after the scourge of gun violence in America. I've taken more executive actions to stop the flow of illegal guns than any other administration in history. And we beat the NRA when I signed the most significant gun safety law in nearly 30 years. And we're going to finish the job. We're going to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines next time around, because it has to be done. I formed the, uh, the first-ever White House Gun Violence — White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention. And I thank Vice President Harris for overseeing this important effort. Uh, let me close with this. Our plan's working. But we still have much more to do, as everyone at this table knows. And that's why we're here today. My administration is going to choose progress over politics, and communities across the country are safer as a result of that policy. There is no greater responsibility than to ensure the safety of families, children, communities, and our nation. And with that, I want to turn this over to Neera Tandon, my domestic policy advisor, and we'll get this discussion going, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Eugene, have you ever been to a live audience? You've never done production for television in a live audience capacity, have you? Yeah, I have. What was it? It was for our own TV show. So we've we've had some studio audiences, but we've what also done like theater, song stage. So 
how big was the audience? Uh, about 450. 450? Mm-hmm. It was in a theater. How were you ever the warm-up guy? I was the host of that show. I'm not asking you if you're yeah. the host. <laughs> I'm asking you if you were the warm-up guy. Oh, okay. Uh, so like coming out before the host? Nah, I don't think so. Or the hype man in the audience who told everyone when to clap? Usually no. also the warm-up guy? I don't think so. I don't think I have been getting that If guy. you listen to Gutfeld, there's always somebody... <laughs> yeah, you usually get it. That's television. Biden has that person. Yeah, I think you're right. He, I am. I can. I know that clap. Because the, they hit their mark every time. Wait for him, and then you need the immediate, like, right when... And I make this great point, God bless America. And then everyone's like... Oh, yeah, me too. I thought that was kind of ridiculous, terrible. There's a laugher, too. Yeah. And I I don't ever hear the the individual, but there's the laughing comes on cue in times where you would not expect with Biden speeches. Um, I decided that I'm going to add to my bingo card list because I I have 30, 30 cards that are generated with the things I have, and I have more than the spaces that are on there. It's 24 spaces of things, and I'm going to add where he repeats himself, that is a huge crutch of him because he it's it's just, it's really the same thing that Donald Trump used to do. It's my favorite thing that he did in his speeches when he was reading his speeches. He would make a point that was a good point, and then he'd go, that's true. <laughs> and I'm like, did he just find this out now? <laughs> Are you surprised that you're telling us? Like, which parts aren't true? It's like when my kid, okay, why is it that middle schoolers and high schoolers and I don't know how old this gets. I don't know if it goes all the way up to to like people in their 20s. The phrase, the word honest, honestly, and to be honest. I don't want you to tell me when you're being honest. I want you to tell me when you're being dishonest. <laughs> this should be a given. If you're going to say to be honest, I don't really want to go. Just say, I don't really want to go. You don't just say to be honest. Just be honest. It's like saying... Let me just have a moment with you. I don't want to sugarcoat this. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, but when the person is 12, I'm not interested. <laughs> okay. I'm not interested. Like, I, I don't know. It's just something that I find so grating about kids speak. <laughs> do you not do you TBH? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't TBH at all. Not do you, but you know. I know. Yes. They don't say TBH to my face because I think if you make fun of them enough <laughs> when doing it, <laughs> it goes away. But, uh, yeah, kids speak. Uh, you know, it's like they LOL. And I'm like, just laugh. <laughs> don't LOL. Laugh. Lol. They say it? Yes. Mm. You ever text somebody from across the room and they write back LOL and you were watching them read it? They didn't laugh out loud. Ooh. I've done it. Ooh, yeah, I think I have. I have texted LOL and realized I didn't LOL, and then I've tried to publicly be like, because <laughs> 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 I needed That's to be great. honest. I needed, and if someone calls me on it, I need to be like, no, I did, and what be about true about it. L- to be honest, I just li laughing internally. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, Isn't that you just, can use that if you text? Ha ha. That's the internal laugh. You have to spell it so that they yeah, know because right. that comes from within. Yeah. If I it's see- LOL, then that that invoked an actual outward emotion. You can still be amused by something and type out ha 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 and you're still acknowledging probably that it was funny 
or just maybe being nice. I can't remember if this came up on the show or if we were doing it at the trivia night this weekend or what. But LOL, as I understood it for years, now I under, you know most people use it as laughing out loud. I thought it was lots of laughs. Oh my god! For oh, a long no. time, for no. a long time, yeah. And so I would use it and not think that I had to be laughing out loud. Oh, I've heard of older people thinking it meant lots of love and then using it incredibly in- inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like something mom, terrible just happened. Oh, yeah, LOL. My mom, my mom texted me and she's like. Your uncle just passed away. LOL. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Lots of laughs. Lots Laughing of, internally. Lots Where of did laughs. you get lots of laughs? Just came up with it? Yeah. No, I think somebody said that to I, I It was it was very early in the, the texting world. I was going to say, we the LOL was in play when we were on Instant Messenger. Yeah. And it probably was Instant Messenger. I mean, we're talking that long ago. That was the first time I'd ever seen it. I asked somebody what it meant, and they said lots of laughs. Greg, is are you for real on YouTube? Greg says L-O-T-I is laughing on the inside. Oh, yeah. I think I have seen that before. Lodi. Lodi, guys. <laughs> Although you don't really say Lodi because it's supposed to be. You also don't say L-O-L because it's what you're doing, not what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Sorry, Greg. We disagree with you. No, I don't. Greg, we we agree with you. I agree with him. <laughs> a Lodi's a copper nickel coin, paper money, and monetary unit of less low. That's according to dictionary.com. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. I understand the abbreviations more than that. All right, let's take a quick break. Um, if you were interested in playing Biden bingo with us on the State of the Union, that might happen. I need a sponsor. <laughs> I need a sponsor for $30. I think I'll sponsor it. All right. Let us know on the Annie Fry YouTube channel if you would join us to watch the State of the Union and uh, play Biden bingo with us. Let's get to some other news here on the Annie Fry Show, like who will win the 2024 election for the president of the United States, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Kamala Harris, or someone else? Somebody has unsuspended their campaign. Earth-shaking news. I'll tell you who when we come back. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The people just don't understand why I would continue to go through this process. And, you know, they at first said, oh, it's all about her being vice president. I think I've pretty much, you know, gotten rid of that argument. And then they were saying, oh, it's all about 2028. Well, they realized if it was about 2028, I would have been out a long time ago. They can't wrap their arms around the fact that this is about me really putting the red flag up saying, Look, this is about the Republican Party, and this is about our country. And here you have a candidate that, if I get out, is going to be a candidate that cannot win a general election. You can't win a primary. (laughs) I don't know how Donald Trump's problems in the general election, which I understand she may be correct about that. But the American people are saying, are voting not in favor of what she's pitching. They are saying he may not be able to win the general election, but we're willing to try with Donald Trump and not with Nikki Haley. She's not even coming anywhere close. I'm not so sure 
that if Ron DeSantis wouldn't have stayed in the race, that she would be beating Ron DeSantis right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. All the problems that she's... I, I'm not even saying I agree with the assessment that she's making. No. But even if you do... I'm not sure how she's fixing the problems she's saying exist. You know what's not going to help? Her constantly bringing attention yeah. to that particular part of this race wh- where she doesn't have a workable solution to solve it. I mean, she wants to be the solution, but America is saying no. They're saying, uh-uh. I was a Ron DeSantis supporter, but I always said, whoever wins the primary, I'm voting for Go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. We are way more united as a party by who we aren't and what we aren't than what we are. And we need to live in that area, in that headspace, while we are trying to win an election. And if we win in a really, really big way, which we could, it's absolutely possible that 2024 could be an incredible election for Republicans. It should be an incredible election for Republicans. And you and I and all of us together are thinking it, unless... The votes come out of nowhere and they've got them logged in well ahead of Election Day because the ground game of ballot harvesting is so strong with the Democrat Party. You just don't. It's like you're competing against a team that you don't get to see on the field because they scored all their points before you got there. We understand that Donald Trump has a tough road to hoe. I believe that Nikki Haley would, too. It's not like I feel like if Nikki Haley wins the primary that she's a shoe-in for the presidency. I think she'd have her own whole host of problems. But the American people are choosing Donald Trump. They're not choosing Nikki Haley. And if Nikki Haley is concerned about the Republican Party winning, and I don't despise Nikki Haley the way a lot of people have a lot of vitriol for her. Uh, I'm, I haven't invested a lot of energy in just like making sure that I keep up without atrophying my Nikki Haley hate muscle. I'm not interested in that. I don't have time for that. But if she wants to help the cause and try to close the gap of where Donald Trump is maybe the weak spot, not being able to win in November, this isn't the way that it's going to help it. And again, this is the horse we're riding with. This is that's That's just the way it is. There's no way around it. The YouTube live chat poll for today, who will win the 2024 election for president of the United States? Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Kamala Harris, or someone else? I know someone's like, you're asking this question again. Well, we ask it every few weeks or so. Try not to do it more than that. But we're interested in how your mood changes on this one and confidence in Donald Trump's ability to win or Joe Biden's ability to make it that far or whether or not Kamala Harris is going to come across the stage. And if you've got suggestions on someone else who you think is able to come in and at, at this point, and still win the election, we want to know who that is as well. Brian, what do you think? I'm pretty sure that I've been saying it since 2021. Donald Trump is going to be the next president of the United States. How confident? Out of 10. I would say I'm getting more and more confident as time goes on. Uh, how? Out of 1 to 10. Okay. Um, uh, 8. That's confident. Yeah. Brad? I'm going to say it's Donald Trump. I'm just looking at this, and I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the nominee, and I think they're past the point where they can nominate anybody other than Kamala Harris without causing an utter meltdown in their party. Um, So I'm going to go with Donald Trump, and I think that he could beat either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. So in level of confidence, probably a six. That's that's a little more than average. Yeah. Do you feel like Donald Trump is—is Donald Trump today— Doing, has he become a better politician? 
I really feel like we could have this conversation weekly and have dramatically different responses to it. Is he? Does he have? Does he? Does he have what it takes to win the people? Like I was saying in the beginning of the show, if if the left is here and the right is here, and the middle was right there in the center, as the left gets bigger, the middle shifts to the left. Mm-hmm. There are people who are now on the right side of the center line who don't consider themselves right, but they are also looking at the left and going, "That's not who I am." Yeah. Those are the people we have to win. We have to come together with those people because the alternative is losing. And Joe Biden, which means Kamala Harris at some point in the next four years, is Donald Trump helping his cause yet as a candidate? No, I don't think he's really changed at all. I think he's running completely on this is who I was then. This is who I am now. Nothing's changed. I think, in fact, that he is betting on the same number of people showing up to vote for him in 2024 as he was in 2020, <laughs> and that that is the play. I'll tell you what he's done, what he's doing different now than what he was doing in 2020 is, is he's not tweeting. He's not on Twitter. It's because they kicked him off. They kicked him off. He's back now. <laughs> he I mean, created his own platform. And he created his own platform, and he's truthing over there, but you he's know not tweeting out here. You know what's funny about that? He got kicked off of Twitter. He creates his own platform, so he. I don't think that he contractually can go onto Twitter right now, or there's something about that. Although that sale or whatever merger did yeah, just go merger. through, there was something to that that was kind of holding him back. But the funny thing is, he's putting stuff up on Truth all of the time, and you're like, he's not tweeting. Oh, he still is. No, no that, that's my point. Yeah, <laughs> my point is that a tweet is a tweet. Tweets aren't even called tweets anymore. They're called posts because it's X now. But the idea that he is out there with his thumbs going to town on his phone, sending out these messages all the time, and it's on his platform that was only created because Jack Dorsey and crew kicked him off of Twitter. He's over there screaming into the void, except for when people screenshot it and put it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And that's how we know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. He'll be back after he wins the election, I think. The same is true of... Him being, I, I, I almost think the news is just not airing him. Like, they, they don't want to give him space. You know, we don't want to air his campaign victory speech and stuff like that. And it's backfiring. Well, it's <laughs> almost like an involuntary basement strategy. I, I, I That's exactly what I'm saying. Is that, that it's like, the less we hear from him, the base is still hearing from him. Yeah. They're, they're turning up. People who want to hear from him. But the average person just isn't hearing from him as much. And that tell, may not be the worst thing in the world. I got to tell a really funny, sad story. Funny, sad. Yeah, this is a wild ride. Do I have 20 seconds? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's all I need. TikTok. I told you somebody unsuspended their campaign. It's Marianne Williamson. Yeah. she's She says that she thinks that Joe Biden is vulnerable to Donald Trump. And just to the whole story, I can bring it together like this. I scrolled the whole front page of Fox News. That news broke this morning. It's not even on the front yeah. page. <laughs> Marianne Williamson, good luck. We're counting on you. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 